Welcome to episode four of Tales from the TARDIS, which actually is technically episode five because we've missed one. We couldn't watch it. Uh, in between uh, Edge of Destruction and our new one, The Keys of Marinus, which we'll be discussing today, was Marco Polo. And unfortunately, it's missing. So welcome to Here's What You Missed on Doctor Who. Thank you for my glee moment. I've always wanted that. This is taken directly from Wikipedia. I apologize for anyone that said this. Uh, not my fault. Deal with it. The TARDIS crew lands in the Pamir Mountains of the Himalayas in 1289. Their ship badly damaged and are picked up by Marco Polo's caravan on his way along the fabled Silk Road to see the Emperor Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan? Kublai. I hope I said that right. The story concerns the first doctor, his granddaughter Susan, his teachers Ian, her teachers Ian and Barbara. Very concerned school teachers, as we're aware on this podcast. And their attempts to thwart the machinations of Tagana who attempts to sabotage the caravan along its travels through the Pamir Plateau and across the treacherous Gobi Desert, and ultimately to assassinate Kublai Khan in Peking at the height of his imperial power. The Doctor and his companions also attempt to regain the TARDIS, while Marco Polo has taken, to give, has taken it to give to Kublai Khan in effort to regain the Emperor's good graces. Susan gets the TARDIS key from Ping Cho and is captured by Tagana before they can depart. They are finally able to thwart Tagana, who kills himself before he can be executed. Wow, dark. Restoring the Emperor's respect for Marco Polo and the Emperor allows them to depart. And Ian will go on to wear his same costume for the next six episodes. But we'll get to that. So, welcome back to the podcast. Back with me again, I have uh, our lovely guest last week, Catherine, um, who unfortunately only had two episodes. So this time I've thrown her in at the deep end and given her six. But another fun fact about this episode is I've never seen it. I've not actually seen The Keys of Marinus until we watch this. So, welcome, Kat! Hello! Hello! I have to say, I thought this was amazing. This was fun. I really enjoyed this story. Every episode had something going on. There was something new. A new place. A new new characters to me. Every single episode, I just was sat there going like, this is, for like, I mean... Don't get me wrong. We've had some classics like the Daleks. We've had our lovely little two-parter Edge of Destruction. And I enjoy those. But I felt like this was a real... They got into their stride moment. They knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, How was your experience of seeing something like Edge of Destruction to this? Um, I really enjoyed watching Keys of Marinus. I really enjoyed this whole storyline. As you said, the six episodes. So it was quite a bit... uh, quite a bit more than than the first story that I watched, The Edge of Destruction. Um, but yeah, I think I enjoyed this one more. There was a lot more action. There was a lot more... There were more characters, set pieces, things to see. Obviously, uh, if you listened to last week's episode um, or if you've seen Edge of Destruction, you'd know that it is entirely set within the TARDIS and you only have our four main characters. Um, so it was nice to get a bit of a, a vibe for more of the outside world outside of just the TARDIS and how these characters interact with other people. Oh, 
Absolutely. I think it was incredibly needed almost after having that. Obviously, we know that was their block and this um, of original set of episodes and Marco Polo was the next sort of set that they've been given. Um, obviously, we can't have watched it, sadly. Yes. But this was also written by Terry Nation, who wrote the Daleks, uh, which is, is strange to see how he took a good two episodes in the Daleks and did nothing with them. But I think that's just because they had to stretch out a block. And this, he really came into his own. I, I, I think people normally remember Terry Nation for his work on the Daleks and the creation of, of Davros and whatnot when he writes Genesis later on, which is a lot further on this podcast. We'll be waiting until we get to Genesis of the Daleks. <laughs> um, but he, he really hit his stride of what to work on. I, I thought that was really interesting. I was like, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. The man knew where he was at. For sure. It was also very interesting, an interesting experience watching it along with you. As you said, you hadn't seen this episode before, this story before. Yeah. It was nice to see your reactions. I've had it on DVD for so long. And I've always meant to, but I just just never had. Do you know what? I've always looked at it and went, ah. Just doesn't seem to interest me. And now I've watched it. I'm like, everyone should watch the Keys of Marinus. The key have you seen the Keys of Marinus? The Keys of Marinus. What a title. <laughs> what a serial. What an episode. What a time. It's like uh for a little bit of outside context, uh last year, 2020, Brandon and I did a little watch through of a bunch of Star Wars content. Everything. Um, everything. Um and we watched Rebels, which I'd never seen before. And you'd said you'd never actually watched the last season because no. someone had told you it was kind of a bit filler. Um, so you hadn't kind of really bothered to watch much of the final season. And then we watched it together and it's, oh, it not, it's the least filler <laughs> it's so not any filler. season of any Star Wars show we watched. There was so much important stuff going on. Anyway, completely oh irrelevant to Doctor Who. But... Irrelevant to Doctor Who, but... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> watch Star Wars, all of it. It's fantastic. Um, Everyone go watch Clone Wars. Go watch Rebels. So, you'd already met their characters, so we don't really need to expand on who they were. Our audience, I assume, have listened to the past three episodes, so they know who they are pretty basically anyway. What yeah. did you think of more the dynamic between them, how things shifted? It was interesting, this story, um, again, if people listen to the last episode or have seen Edge of Destruction, um, what we touched on quite a lot was the fact that they all grew very mistrustful of one another. Um, There was a lot of tension in the group between all of the members, really, um, because they were in this situation where none of them were able to really understand what was going on and if they were able to trust one another. Whereas here, you've kind of got a bit more sense of teamwork, which was nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> everyone was friends again, or at least our, our main four characters are, um, except for the Doctor partway through, who just disappears for two and a half episodes. episodes. But, <laughs> um, but I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll touch on that later. Um, but yeah, it, it was really nice to see them all getting along again after, as far as we were concerned, they left off being oh, I don't trust you at all. Oh, actually, yeah, it's fine. So they are friends again. It's all good. (laughs) It's all fine and dandy. Did did you enjoy the story? I did, yeah. I really enjoyed this one. It felt, um, I think you said this 
when we watched it, it felt like a film a bit more than yes. a few episodes of a TV show. Like, if you really strung it all together and edited it all together, it could be a film. So let's dive into to what happened on The Keys of Marinus. So we opened up with what I thought was a hilarious moment. Our cute little toy TARDIS. Beautiful image of that maybe two-inch tall TARDIS. It's so clear it's two-inch <laughs> tall and you're just like, oh, Oh, they don't even try to hide it. It's no, no, they don't. They it's really on this... don't. <laughs> and it's like it. Uh, it's on this island with this fake sand, and oh, so beautiful! Just I this, love it. this cute little toy. And you're like, no, oh, there's not four humans in there. I know it's meant to be bigger on the inside, but come on. And then we uh, we left we left the TARDIS to a beautiful beach of. <laughs> Where Susan finds a rock pull, and Susan's decides that she's yeah. going for a dip. She's oh, let's have a little paddle. Off. Yeah, let's have a paddle. So she takes one of her shoes off. She takes the other one off, and it falls in the water. And what happens, Catherine? The shoe dissolves. <laughs> it's acid. It's acid. <laughs> she has a full acid. meltdown over this as well. By the way, like, oh she my didn't god, get she's. Hurt. She's fine. And she falls into Barbara and she's like, I was going to paddle in it. It must be some sort of acid. But it was so fast. It just seemed to dissolve. And I was going to paddle in it. Hun, but you didn't though. You didn't like, though. We knew, we knew what you were going to do. You don't need to tell us. <laughs> she is fully weeping into Barbara's arms, clutching her. Clutching her pearls. She's clutching her pearls like, oh. That could have happened to my fault. <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't. But it didn't, though, did it? Get a grip, Susan. Uh, we also had a, a great line of, uh, pity you don't have colour television. Any radiation, Doctor? No, nothing to speak of. The count is hardly reading anything. Shall we take a look? Pity you don't have colour television. Oh, but I have. Well, where is it, then? Well, at the moment, it's uh, temporarily a uh, hors de combat. Ironic. Yeah. <laughs> That really made me giggle. Consider, I, I love. It's such a pity you don't have a colour television. I think it was you in black whenever I first it? spoke to you um, after you listened to episode one, and you were like, "I did not know this show was in black and white." No, I, I didn't. And it proper. I love that that proper through you. You just had to go. It was in black and white. Oh my god. Well, it threw me that they mentioned colour television. Like, yeah. oh, I can't, I can't believe you don't have a colour television. That's such a normal thing. It's like, you, it's like you don't film this in colour. Well, you yeah. haven't bothered to make it for the people who have colour television, so... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we get our sea of acid and we suddenly get stalked by a, a rubber creature. Uh, a Teletubby, if you were. No, it's called a Ford. They did look a bit like Teletubbies, though. Well, they, they, they for anyone, obviously, but if you skinny. want to take a go, they look like go for it. Oh, skinny. skinny. Oh my god, you're so skinny. skinny. Um, they have, uh, they, they've got like flippers on. They basically look like they're wearing diving suits with these masks with like big, I don't know how to describe the eye holes. I actually think they look pretty class. Um, I think if you've seen that running around at night, you'd be terrified. 
They um, look like underwater Power Rangers. Under underwater Power Rangers, but with a Teletubby thing on their head. So you know the way like yeah. they've all got like a bit with like a, a hoop at the top or something. That is what they look. And then cut, picture yeah. them black. That's it. That's a Vord. Well done. You've yeah. now you've now entered the world of the Vord. And <laughs> I loved this because I thought these were the villains. I spent this whole first episode going. These are the people who we're going to have to fight this whole way through. We're going to come back to these loads. No! Yeah, we're going to spend two hours. No. No. They are not here for five minutes. And we're like, right, <laughs> go off on a quest. But we'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that. Um, so we're, we're, we're tackling our little board and suddenly <laughs> it falls through the wall but you see the stage hand on the other side of the wall. They do. Oh, first of all, though, can we address that they're on the beach and one of them, I can't remember who, suddenly says, oh, look at that building. Oh, and my God. Giant. <laughs> By the way, if any of you, probably if you know me, maybe you don't know me, but you know Stockport, it is the building. It is the glass pyramid from Stockport. <laughs> it's the co-op building. <laughs> This is Stockport back in like fifteenth century. That's it what is. It was. They're, but they're like, oh, look at that building there, and it is literally like half the size of the island that they're on. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how. They... It was such a moment, though, because they were sp- and this is like ten minutes in. People, you know, they have spent. This is when Susan's dropped her foot in. She's gone to a rock pool. They find a couple of glass submarines. They f- even find the body of a Vord, um, or the skin of one at least. And then all of a sudden, now they've, they've been here 10 minutes on this planet. And all of a sudden they go, look at that building. Hun, it's massive. It's so big. Oh, this is why you should be concerned, school teachers. Oh, I'm concerned for them. But yes, anyway, the, as you said, there is a moment where uh, Susan's kind of next to a wall and it's a very very classic scooby-doo kind of moment where the wall where it's a double-sided and it like flips like like in a cartoon and there's just a guy stood behind it's blue jeans guy from there's just it's admiral blue jeans Admiral Admiral blue jeans Jeans. but yeah there's just a guy who you can see flipping the the board the wall (laughs) just hanging out i love it i love it and, and the rest of our, most of our characters then get through this as well. They end up getting flipped through the wall. Um, <clears> I love it because every one of them makes a noise, but the doctor. So everyone goes like, oh, ah! yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> Complete silence from the doctor. He's just like, yeah, this might as well happen. <laughs> He's yeah. just like, oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I accept this. I accept this is my fate. <laughs> I accept this is my fate. It's okay. <laughs> And we then see Avord gets stabbed. Um, he gets stabbed by his own thing, I think. His, his own knife, because he tries to stab this old man. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, leave the old man We're alone. We're a cloak. Oh my god. Oh my god. And <laughs> when the Vord gets stabbed, I, I loved this. I really did. Uh, they have to get rid of the body. Um, how best would you get rid of a body, Catherine? Oh, I mean, decisions, decisions. Maybe, what? maybe what? burned in a vat of acid. Maybe, but <laughs> would it not look better if it just, this is, so for anyone that hasn't seen it, they pull a lever or they do something, I can't remember exactly, 
and the floor opens and <laughs> instead of like having some them film someone fall, they've clearly made an action figure of the Vorg <laughs> and then dropped it in front of the camera to make it look like it's fallen down. <laughs> it was like Team Rockets blasting off again. <laughs> So then, as, as things go on, they then decide we're we're going to leave this place. We're not we're not dealing with this. Actually, they go they go mm-hmm. to leave the TARDIS, and this was brilliant because there's a barrier around the TARDIS. Oh my god! And they can't get in. But the problem with the barrier is <laughs> they clearly hadn't talked about where it was going to be because. Ian is pushing a what is meant to be the barrier, and Susan just walks in front of it. In front of it. <laughs> well, maybe they each just had a different barrier for themselves personally. I mean, I know so... I've got a different barrier depending on who I meet. So <laughs> I've got several barriers, but like, oh, Susan had her own barrier, and Ian had his own barrier. But Susan could walk through Ian's, but not her. No, it just, it completely didn't make sense. <laughs> it did not make sense. It was like you did not talk about this when you were rehearsing this scene whatsoever. Yeah, these actors clearly did not go to mime school. Oh, hilarious. They need they need to go to look up, sort their lives out. <laughs> um, so then eventually they, they are sent on a quest. They go back to the man. They're like, there's a baron. He's like, yeah, I did it. Because I need you to find the keys of Marinus. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and they're set off to find five keys and given some travel devices. Uh, in the modern Who, we would probably end up calling them vortex manipulators or transmat themes or something. But um, they just, they, they've got their travel dials, they call them. And they yes. set off on their trip. And Barbara, <laughs> Barbara goes first. And the way that they, they do this, this teleportation, don't. they don't just go <laughs> and they, they, you know, like the TARDIS, it, it, it comes in and out of the view of how they do it um it fades in and out no no they all stand in front of a black wall twist the dial and go as if they've gone but the funny thing is whenever they do this ever again they don't have a black wall so they just pan away to someone else and someone goes oh they've left oh there goes barbara so that they (laughs) don't have to do the moment Oh, it's the laziest green screen technology you've ever seen. awful, but I loved it. It was the way, I can't remember which one of, one of them was like, I'm going to leave now, and walked halfway across the room to stand in front of the black wall. Uh, That was it, that was it. She literally was like, I'll go, and then Barbara (laughs) literally walks about halfway across. She's walking about five miles and goes, (laughs) I'm just here for the black wall. (laughs) This is the place this is where the I day. can transport. <laughs> so we hit episode two. We're we're on the velvet web. The velvet web. We get we get to Barbara. Barbara's. So Barbara only left two minutes before them, maybe even less. Less. In, in my notes, time, I've written thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. <laughs> she left thirty seconds in front of them. Now these these are they take you around the planet Marinus. They don't take you in time, but in yeah. this time. She has met this guy, um, Aston, what was his name? Um, his name now. Altos. Altos, thank you. Um, they've met Altos. She's met Altos. She has got herself a whole new garment. She's eaten. She's got these servants. She's the queen that she deserves to be. And that's all within yeah, 30 I seconds. Mean, you often refer to Barbara as a queen, but quite literally, 
She is reclining on a chaise longue. She's got servants and grapes. She's in like a kind of Roman goddess kind of gown. Jewelry. It's insane. It's insane. She looks a literal, literal queen. Literal in this episode. She deserves it. She's an absolute babe. She deserves the best. Um, I, I enjoyed this because then Barbara had a moment where she asked for ep- exposition from Altos. No, no, don't get up. I apologise for intruding, but I wondered if there was anything you wanted. There is one thing you could do. Tell us about this place. <laughs> Can you, could you give some exposition? Please and thank you. <laughs> uh, we then go on and we meet, we meet Gary. <laughs> Uh, from Spongebob and his mates. And there oh, are Brains. So Brainsnails in charge. That's so weird. Oh no, the brain snails from outer they space. Look, they look jars. like big snails, but instead of the shell, it's a brain. Instead of the shell, it's a brain, and it literally has Gary's eyes from Spongebob. Meow. I'm, I'm convinced. It, it oh, had me crying. But we we not we like I said we met this other guy we met Altos and oh my god what a godsend that man is he has legs for days Adonis Adonis he's stunning he speaks well oh my god and look at them You're legs ah oh, he shaves he shaved them legs he, yeah, he can't play around. <laughs> You got the servants to be like, you want to do, you want to do my left leg, and you do my right leg. <laughs> it was, it was beautiful, beautiful. Um, and in this time, then we then discover that it's not real. None of it has been. It's all um, being a projection by <laughs> the Gary Brain Snails. So Barbara finally breaks herself out of this thanks to a little disc thing not working in her head she's like i don't believe you yeah and she says this to altos and he's like i put you in the dungeon (laughs) um where she then um finds uh, one of his servants who who is the one that failed put in her head and finds our first key of marinus now me and kat didn't notice this was the first key of did not realize Um, until halfway through the next episode no no, I, they were like, we've got two keys in the next episode. Like, when? Barbara, when Barbara just walked one? up to Sabitha and said, I like your necklace. Hey, I think I know yeah. your dad. And then that, like... <laughs> it, it, it was then when we went, oh, right, so that's how she thinks she knows her dad. That He said that the dad said he was looking for his daughter. I get all this. I'm here with it now. Oh, can I just slightly backtrack as well? Um, when Altos asks if anyone wants anything... Because this is a place where all your wishes come true, allegedly. Susan asks for a dress because she finds some nice silk. How lovely. Uh, The doctor asks for them to build him an incredible laboratory. Oh, my God. And then they go in. It gets built and they go the next morning. Wow, what an incredible lab. But we're seeing it through the eyes of what it really looks like. And it is literally just an empty room. It's an empty room, and, and <laughs> they pick up a device. Yeah. And they're like, oh, think of what we could do Ian with this. It it's up. a dirty coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's stained, it's got mould on it, and you're like, wow, wow, what are the things you could do? Look at this magical contraption. <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. You could put a tea in it, a coffee, or you could get some form of disease. <laughs> and know. Ian picks up some kind of invention. That we don't know what it is, 
But clearly he thought no. in his mind's eye it was very impressive. But the doctor disagreed. Very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's alright, whatever. <laughs> and then he says, oh, it's just a simple toy. You'll be amused by that. Ever seen anything like it? Mm, I think I shall find considerable scope here. Doctor, hmm? isn't that a cyclotron? Huh? Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's a simple toy. I'm sure they will abuse you. Hmm. And after this, we then had um, a classic moment. What a gem. Um, where they've all been sort of brought into this world now. They, they start to believe in the brain snails, and the brain snails have taken over them. And Ian doesn't remember who Barbara is anymore. Because Barbara's yeah. Ian. And she's like, Ian, Ian. And he's just like, you must be the one they are looking for. And and he goes to arrest, he goes to arrest her. Yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't go as well as planned. Not like in the script. Not like in the script she fights line. back. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the scene doesn't go as well as planned for the actors as no. they would have hoped. Um, as as they walk to go to the bridge snails, you physically and if anyone wants to go back and watch this, please do. You physically see Barbara um, have one arm free, and she's like, "What do I do with this arm? Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fix my strap. I'm gonna fix my strap." And then she, in the moment, as they go up, she's like. No, he needs to grab my arm. And she taps him and he clearly he looks at her and she's like, <laughs> must mouth to him, my other arm. And suddenly he goes <gasps> and reaches around and grabs her other <laughs> arm. And it's so funny because you I didn't notice it. And it was Kat was like, Did you see that? And we rewinded and we were like, Oh my god, it's so clear. <laughs> Once you know it's there, you can't unsee it. You can't because otherwise she would just be completely free to walk away. Oh. He's he's allegedly taken her into captivity to go and like report her to the police or whatever, and she could easily walk away. But she's just like, hey, you have to grab, you have to grab both arms. Grab both, go quickly. Come on, um, I loved this. That was a brilliant moment. And then Babs went full queen again, and she kills all the brain snails. <laughs> she kills the Garys. She kills the Garys. Um, she smashes up their things. Well, she only smashes one. The others don't. She just whacks the next the things next to them. <laughs> um, but she kills them all, and we're like, "Yeah, you get the effect. Uh, you get the effect. You, you're there for it." So we're all happy now. We're all great. We're like, "Right, we actually realised this was an awful place." I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. Um, Altos and Sabitha are going to join them on the journey. Yes, we've got our two new companions to join us. The doctor, well, he's going two stops ahead. He's like, I'm going to go to the sea, the, the city of Millennius. I personally prefer the um, city of Gen Xer, um, but apparently Millennial was far better. <laughs> and the be- the only reason he does this is because William Hartnell goes on holiday for two episodes. We don't see him now for two no, episodes. Two episodes. We don't see the doctor. An hour. He's sunning it up in Barbados, as far as I'm concerned. As far as we're concerned, he's having the time of his life. I Allegedly, he's in Millennius looking for the key. But, spoiler alert, later on they go to find him in Millennius. He's not been doing anything. He's been at parties, he's having a drink. He has not found the key. He has not done a thing. He has just sat in a room and waited for them to arrive. Literally, he's like, I'm going to sit here for an hour, because I know they'll get here, it'll be all right. Be all right. Because in reality... He's been in Lanzarote. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, and then Susan has a, a lovely mental breakdown to finish the episode. Stop it! Stop it! 
I loved this place. So we had episode three, The Screaming Jungle, and I loved it. It was a stunning set. It was like it was like something out of the Crystal Maze. It was. Is oh, it, it is it the Aztec was. Zone? That's all like yeah. I mean, jungle run at your heart. Idols and palm trees and vines. Um, I I, I loved it. Susan straight away is like Barbara. Those things are so hard, and I'm like, you need to grow the fuck up, wee girl. I'm actually not dealing with you. Um, I feel she was very childish in this whole serial. I'm like, you need to stop. Yeah, I mean, that just feels very her anyway. I mean, it does. At this point. At this point. Um, and they get the, they get our second key within the first, like, three minutes of being here. Yeah. Brilliant. We're here. So we're we right. think. That's fantastic. So we think. They give the key to Sabitha. Um, she puts it on a necklace. Oh, this, this doesn't, it's not the same way. <gasps> we're wrong. And they're like, well, we'll help, but we'll go. We'll go back, and we'll get Barbara. You guys go on ahead with us. So Susan, um, Sabitha, and Altos have gone now. They've moved on to their third place. Mm-hmm. And Ian, and, this is, becomes the Ian and Barbara show. Yes, I love it. One division, get away. It's all about Ian and Barbara. Ian and Barbara. Ian and Barbara. Ian and Barbara. Um, it was Altos all along. I love that. That'd be such a moment. I mean, it's not Altos all along, by the way. Um, he's just the only name I could think that would work with that. Because um, Barbara is gone. Barbara's been molested by a statue. She, yeah. She she reached into a statue's mouth, I think, to get the key. Or the replica of the key. And then the statue grabbed her ass. Yeah. It's, it's two <laughs> real arms that reach around and just grab her arse. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's fine. And then the wall spins again, like that Scooby-Doo wall from the beginning. Like, we, we just really had to reuse the spinning wall. We paid for the set. We need to Yeah, it was probably the, the same. Okay. Probably the same set, just painted. <laughs> so yeah, Ian um, follows with, uh, with Barbara via the statue. And, and they get attacked by, um, by, by some vines and by a black knight. Very Sco- Scooby-Doo took over here. Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed was ready to come for this episode because it was like how dare you steal my ideas yeah <laughs> i think it's probably the other way around um but <laughs> considering this was 1964 it's gonna be uh, monsters unleashed was like 2008 or something like that <laughs> um but yeah they, they get attacked by all these vines it's very much it's very audrey too very the are attacking them it's great i love it Love it, love it, because then it becomes an escape room. We're running around looking incredible. Um, we have, we have, we meet a man uh, who won't, who <laughs> won't help Barbara, or is it Ian? Is it Ian? Who's tra- who's trapped under the vines with the one that's coming down on them? I, uh, think, it's I think it's Barbara. Barbara. This man, this man was stood at the side at first, um, and I could just see his feet, and I was like, "Is he meant to be there? Is, <laughs> is that another stagehand? Is this another stagehand? Is he pushing down the spikes from the top that's meant to be coming down on Barbara? Oh no, no, he stepped into the scene. He's real. He's meant to be here. Um, that was that was hilarious. I loved it. Um, this man's like, "I won't, I won't give you the key," and they're like, "We were sent by Arbatan," and it's like, "Oh, then maybe I should give you the key." Oh, all right then. <laughs> all right then. Um, and he dies. Very sad. I can't. I can't remember how he dies. Does um, he get attacked by vines as well, he does, or does he, he get strangled by them? Die. Oh yeah, he does. He does. 
because is it Barbara or Ian tries to cut them with a massive knife? Oh my god! And Ian looks like massive knife. Him. It's like a machete, and you're like, "Whoa, Ian!" Um, but he yeah, gives them the clue. He gives them he a does. clue as to where the key is, instead of just straight up telling them as he dies. Um, so he, he gives them a clue for um, N6 or something, G02 or something. D-E-3-0-2. Like I have it oh, written down. down. I didn't remember it. <laughs> um, and then it becomes, this, becomes the escape room portion of the episode, where they're running around a room looking for it. What do we do? There's a safe. There's yeah. a safe there. Oh, we can open it. I is it a proper safe, Catherine? A proper safe. Well, what what does our what's our dial made of? Oh, it's it's absolutely just paper. It's paper. <laughs> I love it. It's just it's a box that they've spray painted silver and put a paper circle on the front and written letters on. And you can clearly see that's what they've done. Absolutely. But it won't open, and suddenly we've got all like um, grow for me happening. <laughs> And all the vines start growing as that's what the screaming is actually in the jungle, they realise. And they find, there's a vial with this this equation that we've now worked out was an equation written on it. Yeah, but the best thing is you, you see it um, sat on the table and Barbara or grabs every single vial apart from that one. That's the last one she picks, even that's though the all the labels one. are facing towards her. All the labels. So she could read them. She could read and it. all the rest of them are in like dark colours, so you wouldn't be able to read them. Maybe she has really poor eyesight and had to bring it really near to her face. Maybe, or maybe she's just blind. Because I mean, I don't maybe... know if she, has she worn? Does she wear glasses in any episode? Or um, not that I remember. No. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> and there's a, there's a big vine that just drops from the ceiling that Ian's trying to do his lines to Barbara, but to stop himself from being blocked by it, he just keeps whacking this weed out of his way. <laughs> You'd think they'd reshoot something like that, but you think, but no. you know, it's live television back then. This this all went out live <laughs> practically, so they had to work with what they were given. And <laughs> so anyway, they find the key in the stash of weed. It in, looks in, like. in the vial. They find it in the vial. The vial of weed. The vial of weeds and soil and whatnot. Mm. And. They turn to travel dials and we've hit the next place. I love this. I love every episode yes. of Somewhere New. My favourite thing. Suddenly, next we're episode, now... Next location. Next, next location. Location, location, location. Eat your heart out. <laughs> we are now in the Snowy Mountains. The Snows of Terror. The Snows of Ooh. Terror. Episode 4. And I love this because Harry Potter wasn't created yet, but oh my god, Hagrid was there. I can't believe we saw Hagrid. I can't believe they got Hagrid into Doctor Who. Like, the crossover we deserved. Um, but Hagrid's <laughs> not as nice. In this no. Film. No. His name is actually, is it Vassor? Vassor? Yes. Vassor. Vassor. His name is Vassor and he, he's not a very nice man. Um, he's a very strange he, man. He, he keeps Barbara and he, he finds Barbara and Ian. Bar- Ian is like, I'm freezing, and he's still in his kimono from Marco Polo, so I'm not shocked, Ian. I'm really not <laughs> By shocked. By the way, on, on the subject of the kimono, yeah. so you've mentioned this, the Marco Polo story, we assume, and we know from TARDIS Wikipedia, was set in Asia. Yes. You know, that's where Marco Polo travelled. 
So he's wearing a kimono. No one else. No one. None of the other characters are in any form of kimono or Asian dress or anything that would suggest that they've been in Asia like Ian. He is solo in his fashion choice. I just love the fact that he doesn't even take a moment. They, they have a moment. I think it's Vassarus is a line about changing. And he's like, oh, I'll have some clothes. And yeah, he gives him a fur coat. And he gives him a fur coat. And that's it. And you're like, Ian doesn't even take off the Komodo to put on this fur coat. He keeps it all. I'm going like, Ian. And he will spend the next two episodes still wearing this kimono. I loved it. I loved that He was like, I have a fashion choice and I'm sticking to it. You're not losing it. I mean, silk, the, the fabric that famous, famously keeps you cool is the, the fabric he chooses to remain wearing in the snowy mountains, in the tundra. In the snowy mountain tundra. Um, Vassar then sends Ian out to, to find um, Susan and Altos and Sabitha because they haven't turned yes. up at the cabin. And we're like, oh my God, what's wrong? He was like, oh yeah, I saw this guy. Yeah. It's like I thought the guy I helped with him, and then I legs. left, and then he came here, and then he left, and it was all right. Okay, I was blinded by his beauty and his legs. Yes, I know who he is. <laughs> no, that's just you. <sighs> blinded is not even the word. I was Barbara when I was. She was looking for that vial. Blinded. <laughs> um, and Vasu does a bit of a bit of a naughty thing. Uh, this was dark for me, by the way. Can I just say this was very dark? Vasu yeah. went to rape Barbara. Keep away. Put that down! Don't you dare come near me! All right. I'm in no hurry. There's no one coming to help you. I can wait. Like he. Oh. Like this was a show originally back then. This was a show for kids, and I was like, this is a moment and a half. Yeah, he said some in unsavory things. Unsavory things. He insinuated. We cannot repeat. And he insinuated, he insinuated, he was very much, I've been up in the mountain for a long time, I'm very lonely, would you help me not be lonely? I'm like, you disgusting creep. Freak. Um, and then we had a golden moment as we went to see Ian outside, as we, we heard a noise and then we saw them. We heard a wolf howl and then we saw stock footage of a wolf stood in snow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love the wolf stock footage. <laughs> Barbara ends up getting out. They they come back to the, the hut and save her just in the nick of time. They get out and they race up the mountain. And they then go into this cave and they find a key in an ice block. And I love this. So while Susan and I think it might I think it's Altos are looking at this this block of ice. I could be wrong here, by the way, for anyone that is gonna go back and go like, e you were wrong there. Um <laughs> There's a lovely conversation between Barbara, Ian, and Svita, or Alta, um, where this was this was a yeah. funny moment because on my DVD, I watched the DVD and I how this works. I send the people uh, my login to BritBox and they watch it in their house at the same time as I watch it on my DVDs here because I have nearly all the DVDs, so you know it's only fair. And mm -hmm. in my version, they mention Iceland. They say, "Oh, it's like Iceland here," or something to do with it. And Barbara says, it is Barbara, isn't it? Uh, I think Alt Altos says, what's Iceland? And it's Ian. Ian, Ian, Ian says, um, it's a place on our planet. But 
in Cat's one, it said, it's a place in our country. And Which just made me assume that he was talking about the supermarket. <laughs> What's Iceland? Oh, it's a place that mums go to. Um, <laughs> really great place. <laughs> I prefer farm foods myself, but you know. Oh, classic. But yeah, I mean, we have to assume that they filmed it as one and then went, oh, that's wrong, and had it dubbed. Because Iceland isn't a place in the UK. They must have. They had to. Um, but it was very weird that we had the two different versions. It was. It was just strange. But there's a DVD version and there's a streamed version. Okay. Interesting. Somebody getting that on a DVD cut out. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. They get the key out. It melts. They get it. They've got their third key of Marinus. What a day. Um... And they, they're, they're trying to get out, they're trying to escape, and they're getting chased by some big ice knights, the Knights of the Ice Wall. Um, Game of Thrones was knights. definitely there at the time. They were yeah. like, oh, we're king of the wall. Um, and they get away! Now, this next place is the Doctor's back. We're here. We're, we're in the city of Melenus. But I'm not gonna lie. Has been, yeah. Until the Doctor returns as we arrive in Millennius, I kind of forgot he wasn't there. <laughs> I was like, "Oh who? yeah, oh yeah, this is who now?" Yeah, who? I fully forgot that he was <laughs> ever a feature a in the show named for him. Um, because suddenly we turn from our adventure show of trying to get things. We've had escape rooms. We've had Himalayas. We've had a rape scene. What are we in now? Law and Order Marinus. <laughs> because there's been a murder. There's been a murder. Oh. And they all have to work out who it was. And they blame Ian. Ian has been blamed for a murder. He found this body in a museum. He gets framed. He gets framed. Um, and suddenly we're in court. We spend this whole episode practically in court, and Catherine did not expect this, and she was living. I was living. I love a courtroom drama. Thanks, living. Living. I love a courtroom drama. I love a true crime doc. This was this was the one. This was everything <laughs> you needed. Cat will be back for season twenty three's trial of a time lord. I can tell you now. <laughs> Um, it was brilliant because because with they said well for one they said the sentence of death which was the name of the episode and I went ah love uh, it. they said, they the, said thing. the thing um the costumes of our magistrates oh iconic iconic even the time lords couldn't have outdone these people you've not seen what a time lord wears yet but I'll send you a picture later it's weird okay. Um, it looked like toilet roll coming off their heads, or as Kat put it, what, how, how did you put it? It was like, you see, you know, you see in American TV shows when they have Thanksgiving and they put those little paper feet on the turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Those. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they're for. I've only seen them in Thanksgiving portrayals of TVs and movies. TV and movies. But that is what was on their heads. Um, it was truly classic moment. Um, and the doctor just becomes a lawyer. Suddenly, he's here for the defense. He says, "Oh yes, I'll represent Ian. I'll represent him." So okay, were you a lawyer? 
Oh, it just, it, it was a beautiful moment. We, sp we spent ages on this trial and I love it because they're all like, oh, I don't trust you. Oh my God, you said this. Oh, it's so dramatic. Um, I work as a court typist normally, so I was typing up every episode. Uh, <laughs> everything happened in it, obviously. The doctor um, also decided he was basically going to investigate the case. Oh yeah, he, he's the lawyer, but he's also the head detective or Sherlock Holmes, as he wanted to put it. Um, he where he literally Sherlock says Holmes. elementary at one point. Any idea how the key got out of here? Oh, elementary, elementary. <laughs> Father, do you mean you know? I mean... We, then, we then meet um, this other guy who is, is we think, is he's stolen the key. We're like, it's him, it's him. And he's murdered in the courtroom. What a twist. In the courtroom. In, in the courtroom. In the front of everyone. I was like, what a twist. And they still think Ian did it. Even though he was the one on the other side of the room. He's on the other side of the room. They go like, well, he clearly orchestrated it. I'm like, what? He didn't do anything. You never met this man. <laughs> he might have a hero complex, but he's not a villain. <laughs> and <laughs> um, we, we, we have a, a fabulous moment um, where, where Babs was forcefully shoved to the floor. Oh, my gosh. Where, where the doctor um, is reenacting what could possibly have happened in this museum. And he's like, clearly they were here. And they were stood behind the door. And he's reenacting it with, Su with Susan and Barbara. And Barbara's got something to do. And they clearly had no idea what to do with Susan in this scene. So she goes, I'll play the dead body. <laughs> I forgot about that. And she just lies on the floor. I'll be the corpse. Lies still for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're docking your pay for every line you don't say. Sit down. <laughs> Um, and, the, and the doctor goes to show he, he then shoves Ian out of the way but as the doctor shoves Barbara out of the way to pretend she's Ian he literally chucks her across the room it looked painful it did, I god mean, love her he doesn't appear to be a very, you know, strong man, no, not at all you know, he's, he's of a certain age not very tall, quite slender but, you know if he needs to give a good shove he can and will and will to a woman. <laughs> well, woman. He don't care. Honestly. To a woman, <laughs> he's just told his granddaughter to lie on the ground. It's all right. <laughs> um, we then have a gorgeous moment where uh, he. This we find this out. This is apparently was possibly in the script, but you know, on Wikipedia pages, I can never be completely sure. Um, where William Hartnell fecks up his line. We think. We think. Um, where he says, "If Charon were to know that now." His case against Chesterton would be complete. I can't improve at this very moment. I can't prove at this very moment that Chesterton didn't hide it in its present location. Is that... Could you have cut that? Is that in the script? Are we sure that was in the script? I mean, people have tripped over their lines plenty of times before oh, from what I've me. seen in, in, in Doctor Who, so... Oh and they've God. never... And they haven't cut it, so... Why would they but cut you, this you one? You don't know. Why would they cut this one? It doesn't make sense. Oh, and then Susan gets kidnapped. And I, like, literally, this episode was filled with twists because um, we had a gorgeous moment. Oh, what a moment where they come into the house of... Uh, Susan's been kidnapped and they come to the house of this woman who's the wife of the guy that we saw down in the courtroom. And she's like, Can, I just don't want to see anyone at the minute. It's just really sad. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We're just wondering if you've seen Susan. No, oh no, no, no. Have you since you spoke to her? Because they they caught she called them earlier from someone's phone, 
and she's like, did you hear from her since she spoke to her? Like, no, no, we didn't. And I was like, oh, right, well, I, I just really like to be alone right now. <laughs> Door closes. <laughs> Please understand, we had to try. Goodbye. We're here looking for you. No, don't look hopeful. They've gone and they won't be back. And I love it. It's such a moment. Yeah. Oh my god. It is stunning the way she does it. Love it, love it, love it. Because she's got Susan in the cupboard. Petition for Carla to be in more episodes. Petition for Carla to be in more. Carla was outstanding. She came in for her first scene before in this moment, and we were like, I don't know who she is, but I love her. <laughs> I love this woman. Um, and then Barbara realizes, <gasps> I never told her that Susan had called us. And they go back and they find Susan, they beat up Carla, <gasps> and they're like, Yeah, see you later. Don't need you. And they finally, they then work out where the key was all along. It was in. The mace that Ian had been hit over the head with. How we didn't work that one out, I'll never know. It was in the evidence chamber the whole time. The whole time. Uh, so, Kala and her little affair buddy, who was also the prosecutor in the trial. Yes. Were the ones who were, did it all along. I was amazed. Truly amazed. <laughs> Absolutely and utterly truly. Um, now, this episode might, is, is going on a bit longer than I expected, but I must say, a lot went on, okay? So you all need to deal with that. When we did seven <laughs> episodes with the Daleks, not a lot happened for two episodes. A lot happened with this one. Um, so we've got our final key. This is it. We've got Excellent. our fifth key. We can leave. Amazing. We back can fulfill to... Arbitan's wish. We can. Thank goodness. Can't we wait to see Arbitan Can't wait to see Arbitan. Arbitan, the, give him the good news. Dad, give him the good news, give him the keys. and Arbitan's dead. Arbitan was murdered at the end of episode one. Tears for The drama. The drama. The twist. F in the chat. F in the chat. F in the chat for Arbitan. F in the chat for Arbitan. It's, it's so sad. It's so sad. Because a Vord has taken his place wearing his robe. Yes, one of our leather Teletubbies has taken his place. <laughs> and it's it's just it's so sad. Because so we're sad. on episode six, the keys of Marinus, by the way. Um where they get they, they Ian gets there and they're all there and they're like, right, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna give the keys to him. And they realise something. Actually, this episode's over quite quickly. Um, hmm. Ian has given him a fake <laughs> key. The fake key from episode two, do we all remember? Well, Ian has handed our little Vord person the fake key because he didn't believe it was really Arbitan. Because Good he didn't know who his daughter was. You know, most people would know that. You'd think. You'd think. You would. You'd think you'd recognise your daughter. Uh... I try not to recognise a lot of people. I just think, you, it's your mask. I just can't see you behind the mask, really. I just don't want to talk to him. <laughs> um, but, you know. 
I'd like to think a father would know his daughter, though. I'd like to think so. I mean, but... who knows? Dad, if you're out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> F in the chat for cat. F in the chat. Um, I, by the way, just, just for context, I do know. I do have a dad. I love him very much. We all have I, one. I see him. You know. I see him. We're on, we're on good terms. Like, <laughs> my dad. He's very nice. Babe. No, no. She, she, it's cat that left. Um, can we also just before we we get to the end of this episode, a classic moment again. Um, the Vord are bringing uh, in. Oh and... <laughs> bringing I them emo- into the ceremonial chamber. I emotionally they... identify as this one Vord. <laughs> this Vord. This isn't edited. They don't even edit it. This Vord that's bringing them in trips. He trips over some wires, and I don't mean like, oh, he stumbled. I mean, he almost face plants. The he ground nearly back. fell on his face, <laughs> and like saves himself at the last second. But like, he proper went over on one. I was like, amazing, amazing. Classic. And again, that was a moment they didn't think. You know what? Let's do another take. Let's do another take. Who who watched that moment and went, yeah, it's I. Or if they did do other takes, that's the one they picked. How bad were the other takes? Oh my god, it had to be awful. <laughs> so they give them the fake key and they put it in, and it actually... So the whole point of this big key was meant to control the Vord because they were evil and bring it back to the way things were on the planet. Um, but because they give them the fake key, it blows up and kills all the Vord. Um, so, snaps for genocide. Uh, what a moment. <laughs> The doctor committed genocide. Uh, well, Ian committed genocide. That's true. It is. It and this Ian. one key, Cat uh, was like, is this ever brought up again? No. No, this one key. Yeah, they make key. a point at the end. Ian says, yeah, that was the fake key. Here's the real key. What do you think I should do with it? And I think it's Sabitha says, or Altos says, Keep I it. Think you should, I think you should give that to the doctor. I think, yeah, I think that could, that could be a good thing to give to the doctor. So you'd assume at some point he's going to find the key and be like, I need this for something. No. 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 They make a whole big thing. Yeah, you should you should give this to him. Okay. Um, <laughs> a, a, a golden moment, really. Oh, um, just because before I forget, um, I forgot at the episode, end of episode five before we, we came back to... No, it's not even... It's in this episode. Sorry, it's not episode five. It's in this episode. When they came back to the island, mm-hmm. they brought back the black screen. Oh my god, it did. So this black screen hadn't appeared the whole way through these other episodes apart from the end of the first one. And suddenly as they're leaving Millennius, the black screen's back! And they're like, we're going to leave now. And they want to do the big effect again. So they walk ten miles again to get to this black screen and go, boom. Who did they think they were fooling? I've no idea. Who did they think was watching that going... Wow, that's TV magic. That is and I know, I know, CGI has improved. CGI. We have better special effects now, obviously. But I can't imagine people were watching that in the sixties, going, "That is magic." Absolutely outstanding. And then they get back inside the TARDIS. Altos and Sabitha. She knows her dad's dead. Sad. Then decide we're going to look after the planet. We're going to go back to Millennius, and we're going to, you know make things better here you know yeah. we just committed genocide but you know we're gonna live our life together 
<laughs> she's going to shave his legs for him. And they get back inside the TARDIS, our little toy TARDIS. Love it. Oh. And that's it. Fade away. That's how it ends. It's, they fade away. Before we go to land in episode five, the Aztecs. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. And that's our list. If you enjoyed today's, please hit the YouTube subscribe button. Um, no, I wish <laughs> don't I forget to smash that like button. Don't forget to smash. Don't forget. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. <laughs> that was my Peter Capaldi impression. I hope that was beautiful. Was. Don't forget to hit subscribe and ring that little bell notification icon. um yeah that's our episode thank you very much Catherine. uh like i said i hope you enjoyed thanks for having me this was fun um i I feel like i've got to have you back again at some point because i feel like for a courtroom as much as as cat's not a fan very we've got to have her back for season 23 she's got to be back for time time, (laughs) um the twists you will get thrown but i feel like you you someone who's not been into doctor who you're very interested about how they made sort of this stuff and some of the things that have gone wrong in it. Yeah. It's like, this is quite amazing to watch as things happen, even just as a comedy aspect. And I love that. Yes. Um, so I'm going to take that as a tick for another converted, please and thank you. Um, welcome <laughs> to the crew. Thank goodness. Uh, next week, we're back with another Scottish person. We've got Katie McNulty. And the week after that, we're back with the one and only Rachel Guthrie, who will be meeting her first aliens, the Sensorites. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Brandon, and from Kat. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for joining (laughs) us, Kat, and we would love to have you back again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.